Today on the Girl Defined Show, I am going to share my birth story, my home birth story, birthed in a tub at home in my real living room like a few weeks after we had moved into our new house. It was an amazing experience and I just want to share with you the entire story and encourage you, those of you who want to be moms one day, those of you who are moms, just hopefully this entire story will encourage you in your role as a mother and answer any questions you may have about birth stories and home birth stories specifically. Um, I have sweet little Audrey here with me. Those of you who are on the video can see her. She's probably going to make a lot of noise and she is just going to hang out with us. So she'll be here for the whole story. But yeah, I'm excited. Let's jump in. What's up, y'all? It's Bethany and Audrey. She is our sisterhood, the future of Girl Defined. Kristen and I actually joke. I think I've mentioned this before because we only had boys before this. And so we're like, who's going to take over Girl Defined when we're old and needing to move on? And now we have an heir. We have Audrey. <laughs> We're totally just joking, but we were cracking up like we have a girl now. Oh, yeah. So Audrey is about three months old, which is crazy. I know that a lot of you have been asking for my birth story and then like, hey, when are you going to share all the details? It just was hard to get to the microphone in the video until now. So here we are and I am doing great. Audrey is doing great. Um, yeah, so I have a three-year-old, Davy. He just turned three. And then Audrey is three months old. So they're a little less than two, uh, three years apart. And you can go back. I'll link them. But you can listen to my other stories. I actually did a birth story about Davy. So you can listen to that whole story. It was completely different than Audrey's birth. Um, I did a home birth with him. It was actually at my apartment before we moved. And I had some major tearing and just like a ton of issues breastfeeding. Postpartum was a nightmare. So I'll list, um, I'll link that because I know a lot of you are probably like interested in that as well. And then I also did a podcast talking about the three miscarriages I had in between Davy and Audrey. Um, it was definitely not a smooth journey getting pregnant again. It was difficult and just learning to trust God a lot. Um, it was interesting actually. I had just written our newest book, the one Kristen and I wrote, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. And I had finished writing it before I went through any of my miscarriages. And it was such a blessing because God really used all of that book and the scriptures and the truths that we unpack in Not Part of the Plan to help me in my own life and to help me with difficulties that were not part of my plan, miscarriages that I wasn't expecting. Um, so if you are going through something difficult, if you're struggling, maybe you want to be pregnant and you're not, or you've gone through miscarriages, or you're just, you're not married and you wished you were just something that is not part of your plan. I encourage you to grab a copy of our book, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. You can get it at girldefined.com or wherever books are sold. But yeah, that was hugely encouraging to me. And I also, I think I said I had a podcast where I talked all about the miscarriages. So you can. I'll link that as well so you can go listen to that. But here we are on the next episode of The Journey. Right, Audrey? She is literally an angel. She was born and has been basically the easiest baby since day one. She sleeps amazing. She nurses amazing. She's just, as long as she is fed and doesn't have to go poop, <laughs> she's very, very happy. Okay, so... Um, rewinding a bit to, let's see, this would have been December 22nd, um, just this past December, um, is when my birth journey started with Audrey. So I woke up on December 22nd and literally as I was getting out of bed, I was like, oh my gosh, am I like peeing in my pants? What's happening? Like, why, why is there like all this water? And I feel like I cannot control it. Like I literally am just like peeing in my pants. And you know, when you're very pregnant, sometimes those things kind of happen. So I was like confused and also like, oh gosh, is this my water breaking? Like what's going on? You know, like it's all just kind of like scary and crazy and confusing in the moment and exciting all at the same time. With Davy, my first one, my water didn't break until I was like basically, you know, pushing him out. So I hadn't had that experience of water breaking. Um, and I was actually kind of nervous about it because once your water breaks, you're kind of on a time clock because then after, you know, so many hours, there's risk of infection and you could have to go to the hospital and all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, I do not want that to happen. I really, really wanted to have a home birth and it was going to be my first time birthing in a tub. So I was just like, oh, so I, I was like, not a hundred percent sure it was my water, but I was just like, oh, so then it became very obvious very quickly that it was definitely my water breaking. And I had a lot of um, gushes and continued leaking and stuff throughout 
really the next few hours. So I already started living in the diapers before I even gave birth. All of you moms know what that's about. Um, And Dave just got so excited. He was like, it's happening. Today's the day. It was like he had drunk an energy drink. He was so, so pumped. And he was like, your water broke. We're having a baby. You know, so he was running around all like a crazy person, like getting everything ready, filling up the tub. We had to run a few errands um, to like finalize everything. So he was like running to Walmart and like making sure everything was good. It was hilarious. He was so energetic. And Davey was kind of confused, but like, why? You know, we're like, baby sister's coming today. So, we call my midwife and we're like, hey, Bethany's water broke. And she's like, great. Um, hopefully the contractions will start anytime. Just keep me posted. And so we're like, okay. So hour after hour goes by and literally nothing changes. Not a single contraction. Like I feel like it's any normal day. Literally feel completely normal, totally normal. And I'm just like trying not to stress because I'm like each hour that goes by, like, why aren't they starting? Is something wrong? Um, I don't want to end up in the hospital. Like I just want to have this home birth. Um, and if you know my story with Davey, you know, I had really, really extreme tearing. So I had to go to the hospital after he was born to get stitched up because I had fourth degree tearing. So I literally had to go and get like anesthesia and, um, you know, get like, major surgery down there and it was terrible and the recovery was absolutely awful. But mostly it was like having to go to the hospital right after the baby was born for me was like sad, you know, not not part of my plan. So with Audrey, I was like, I don't, I am so prepared to give a home birth. I don't want to have to go to the hospital. So we're just like praying and trying not to stress, you know, trying to relax so that my body felt safe and ready to go. Um, and so this happened around my water broke at like eight in the morning. So like 8 a.m. on the 22nd. And Hour goes by, hour goes by. My midwife's like, hey, just try to rest, you know, because contractions will probably start and you want to make sure you have energy. So I'm resting. We go on a long walk. I'm like, maybe that will help, you know, just trying to stay hydrated, eating, just like doing all the things that are just like, okay, to make sure that you're physically ready. So then um, it's now 12 hours since my water broke. It's 8 p.m. And now I'm like, you have got to be kidding. Like, it has been 12 hours and there is not a single bit of progress. Like what in the world? So my midwife, she's like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to check you and we'll do some herbal tinctures. Uh, And I'm like, yes, please. Like I wanted to know, am I even like, what's going on? Like, do I have any progress? Maybe I just can't tell. And I'm actually very progressed. So I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All those things. And so she comes over and she's like, you know, let's not worry about what's going to happen. You know, what if, if we get to the 24 hour mark, We'll talk about it then. You know, she didn't want me to stress, but she also is like, you know, we're not, we're not risking anything. We're not taking any chances. We're not putting you or the baby in any sort of danger. So if she's like, basically, like, if there's no progress by 24 hours, we're definitely going to the hospital, but she didn't want to like really say it like that. But she kind of said that, but she's like, you know, hopefully by then we'll see progress and then we'll be okay. You'll help be, you know, progressing contractions, all that. And I'm just like mentally like trying not to freak out and stress because I'm like, this is not what I want. Like, I want to just have birth. And I'm like, how, and it's just confusing to me. I'm like, how does your body just go from like nothing to all of a sudden, like having contractions. And even though I had been through it before, it just felt impossible. Like it's not going to happen. It's just going to be like, not, not what I want, you know, all this stuff. So, um, it was just like kind of stressful. So my midwife comes over at eight, she checks me and I'm only two centimeters dilated, which is like nothing, you know, you could be two centimeters <laughs> for weeks. So it's just like, you've got to be kidding. Like, this is the worst. Like I have literally, my water's been broken for 12 hours. I have no progress and I literally don't feel a thing. And so, um, you know, she texts baby, baby's doing great. Bless you. This is your story, Audrey. Yeah. Mommy's telling your birth story. Isn't that special? We're having girl time today. Mommy and Audrey are having girl time telling her birth story. And one day, Audrey, you can watch this and hear your whole story. And you'll be a little baby watching your birth story. What do you think? That's pretty cool, actually. So, um, it's just my midwife and Dave and I here. And Davey, he was already in bed, so no problem. Um, and so I wasn't planning to have anyone else besides the other midwife and the midwife assistant. So there would be three midwives here, or two midwives, a midwife assistant, and then Dave and I. So I wasn't planning on having any family, a doula, or anything else because. I am, when I get into the birth zone, it's like, I need to be in the zone and I don't want anyone else here. I don't want to hear you talking. I don't want to hear you moving. I just need to focus every molecule of my brain on 
getting through contractions, giving birth. And I just don't like for me, I don't really want someone like putting a damp cloth on my head or touching me or, you know, doing counter pressure. It's like, oh no, do not touch me. Like I am in the zone and I don't want anyone even blinking. It sounds kind of like intense, but every person is different. And for me, it's like, I just don't want anyone in the room that is not helpful for me. So besides my midwives and my husband, of course. Um, and so she, we decide to do some herbal tinctures. So she gives me two different tinctures like that are rotating. Um, I don't remember the names of them. And she's like, okay, we'll do this. Like, you know, let's get this going. And this, they're just tinctures that are known to help induce contractions and get labor going, things like that. So for about two hours, like every 15 or 30 minutes, I'm taking these tinctures until I'm at the recommended dose. You do them like in, you know, segments. Um, and still just absolutely nothing. You know, my midwife and Dave are just kind of like hanging out and chatting and (laughs) they're always like, my midwife's a Christian. So they're always like debating different theology things. I'm like, (laughs) like at my midwife appointments and checkups, Dave and my midwife are always like getting into these hilarious debates. And I'm like, can we talk about the baby now? Um, But I thought it was funny. It's like, I love that my midwife and my husband and me all have like a great relationship. And she just, my midwife is the best. I, I found her just a little interjection because my mom, she had eight kids and my mom, my mom had eight kids and my mom had from me on down all this home births. So I was the first home birth that my mom had and I was a whopping 10 plus pounds. And I guess it was a great experience, even though it was a massive baby. So my mom did it many more times. And for the last few, I was old enough to be present and remember my siblings being born. And I was in the room when they were all born. My mom was like, my mom was the opposite of me. She was more like more the merrier. And so she had like neighbors and everyone in the room when she was giving birth. And that was just how she liked it, like a big party, a celebration. And that is the opposite of me, but that's okay. We all got our modes. But anyway, that's how I found my midwife because I knew her from when my mom gave birth. Um, And so my midwife is like the grandma of midwives. She's like the, she's delivered literally thousands of babies and she is just like incredible. She has so much knowledge, so much wisdom. She has literally seen everything, been through everything. She's also extremely precautious and safe. Like she's not going to, like she's basically like, if you choose to use me as a midwife, we're not taking any chances. We're not taking any risks. She definitely believes the hospital has a place and is there for those emergencies. And so she's like, if we need to, you're going to the hospital, you know? And so she's like, if you don't want that, then I'm not the midwife for you. And I'm like, yes, I love that. So um, yeah, I really appreciate how precautious she is, but uh, how um, knowledgeable she is as well. And just wise and also hilarious and such a hippie. And loves debating theology too. So <laughs> that's how her and Dave really connected is on theology. Um, so anyway, she gives me, oh my goodness, do you want to say hello? So if y'all go back and watch the video or if you're watching it right now, but if you're on the podcast, go and watch the video, youtube.com slash girl to find. Um, and, or make sure you're on our email list. Um, because then you can see Audrey. <laughs> yeah, you can see Audrey girl. Um, so. And I'm probably going to be nursing her for some of this, but thankfully that is off camera. Right. So this is very casual. This is mommy, mommy Audrey time to share our story and do what we need to do Ow! And she's pulling my hair. Okay. So, um, we'd go through the rotating concoctions or whatever they are and still absolutely nothing. And so my midwife was like, okay, if we get to the end of the concoctions and there's nothing, then we'll do the castor oil. And so castor oil really has like a ton of research behind it. And there are just so many stories and so many um, examples of people who take castor oil and if their body is ready, they actually go into labor. So my mom who had six home births is like the biggest believer in castor oil ever. She always took it. Um, and it always, she had like the most incredible, fast, amazing home births ever. And, um, and so my midwife was like, you, she was like, we want to take it when your body is ready. You don't want it because if your body's not ready, it's not going to help. But if your body is ready, it can really help induce labor. So I'm like, yes, let's do this. So I finish all the concoctions and then I take the recommended dose of castor oil, wait 30 minutes. So she had me do it in two batches. So I did like the first recommended ounces or whatever it was. I don't remember. And then the second recommended amount of ounces and, um, and then just wait to see what happens. So again, talk to your healthcare professional. This is nothing I'm sharing is medical advice or a recommendation and nothing should be done without consulting your healthcare provider. So your midwife or your doctor, whoever, this is just what my midwife and I did and what worked really well for us. So 
we're now at like the probably like 14 or 15 hour mark of nothing happening, going through all the concoctions, still nothing, two centimeters, like, okay. So I down the castor oil and it was actually approaching, I guess it had been a few hours now, it was approaching midnight. So I take the concoctions, nothing's happening. I take the castor oil, still nothing's happening. So it's now about midnight. So my midwife's like, you know, this is the really funny part of the story. I am... my midwife's like, well, sister, Audrey can't find a comfortable spot. My midwife's like, well, something that could help is sex. Um, and I'm like, you know, like I'm very open about talking about sex. Y'all know that. Um, but she's like, I can, she's like, I can stay out here and y'all can go in there and do your thing. And maybe that will help, you know? And I'm like, um, in my head, I'm thinking like, no, like absolutely not. I, how could I? ever get in the moment knowing that my midwife is literally sitting on the other side of the wall. And Dave's like, he's like, has no problem with it. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. You know? And I'm like, no. So I'm like, um, I just don't, I just like, I just can't, I mentally could not even get in the zone or in the mood at all with you sitting on the other side of the wall. So she's like, okay. So she's like, why don't I then she wasn't going to be that far away. So she's like, why don't I go home? And y'all just get some rest or do whatever you want to do and just call me if anything changes. And if nothing's changed by 8 a.m., the 24-hour mark, we'll make a plan and go from there. And so I'm like, this is just insane. Like I am now at, I started at 8 a.m. It's now 12 a.m. the next day. We're now on the 23rd and I have had zero changes. And I'm like, I've done the concoctions. I've done the castor oil. Like I've done, um, I don't know, she did some stretch things down there. I don't know what they were, um, but just trying to get things going and nothing. And so she leaves at 12 a.m. on the 23rd. So it's the next day. And I'm like, okay. So Dave and I are like, well, let's get to bed because either way, this baby's coming, whether we go to the hospital or not. So we just need to get some rest. And so um, we basically get in bed at about like 1210, you know, the midwife leaves, we get kind of like situated, get in bed and then literally like five minutes later, I, well, maybe like 10 minutes later, wait, what time? No, it started at like 1230. So we got in bed and then within the next like 15, 20 minutes. So 1230, um, I literally, it's gross. So plug your ears if you don't like gross. I literally feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. And I, but like at the same time as that, I got like my first super intense, like horribly painful contraction, not just like a little eat, like I've been through labor before and this felt so, so intense. So I'm in bed. And at the same time I get this, like my very first, the most intense contraction and the urge to throw up at the same time. And so, because I was having such an intense contraction, I couldn't get up or like basically move to get to the toilet or a bowl or sink or something to throw up in. So I literally, this is so gross though. Don't listen if you don't like this, but I literally just like, like throw up all over the bed, all over Dave. It was so horrible, but I'm in so much pain and I'm like, oh. So I like, as soon as the contraction ends, I like run to the bathroom and castor oil does a number on you and just say, you know, it clears you out in all directions. Um, And Dave's like, he said in his head, he was thinking like, oh my gosh, like, is this what's going to happen? Like, so he is rushing to like change the sheets, put fresh sheets on, wash those. And I'm like, I think it started. Like, I think this is it. So I like, I'm just in the bathroom for a minute, like dealing with everything. And it's like immediately contractions just like start coming one on top of the other with literally like no break in between. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is so intense from like zero. It felt like it was like zero to a hundred. So we, it's like 12. So that starts at 1230. And then I am just like, I, there's no way I can get back in bed, you know, like at all. So the tub, Dave starts filling up the tub with hot water. Um, cause you know, you have it already, but you don't want to put the hot water in too soon. Um, and so he starts filling it up with the hot water. I run upstairs and go to the shower and I'm just like, all like leaning over. Like it's so intense. I'm like, this is insane. Like if this is going to go on for hours and hours and hours and hours, like I feel like we're already like approaching, giving close to like actually pushing that this just started. So it was like, this is so much because I remember with Davey, they, it was seven hours start to finish, but they definitely progressed. So it went from like 
seven being definitely like at like the first hour, it went from being hard to like really, really hard very, very quickly to where I had to like couldn't breathe through them. But this one felt like I was already like how, how intense the contractions were at the end with Davy is how they felt at the beginning with Audrey. They were just so insanely intense. And so I'm up there. And I know a lot of you love to know like coping mechanisms and what I was doing. So I went in the shower and because of the way that Audrey was positioned, she was actually sunny side up, which means she is in the opposite position of the ideal position for babies. And so she's in a position that basically causes um, back labor. Yeah, back labor. Um, so Davey was in just like the regular birthing position and he, I didn't have back labor with him. Audrey was sunny side up, which means that I had back labor. And so that was an entire added on every contraction so intense because I was having normal labor, normal contractions plus back labor. It was horrible. It was just like a huge ball of like, like explosion on my body all at once. And so um, I am just in the shower and I'm mostly turned around, like having the water on my back because I'm just like, oh, this is so much. And so Dave's comes up. He's like, how's it going? You know, and he's like helping me breathing, all of that. And I'm just like, this is so intense. And so we decide to call my midwife around 2 a.m. So it starts at 1230. It's been an hour and a half. And so we call her about two and she's like, wow, things sound like they're really intense. I'm coming over right now. Um, and so she comes over and she is like, um, yeah, this is definitely up and going. So she's starting to time contractions, listen to baby, you know, just like doing all the things. And so she's like, I'm going to call the other midwife and the assistant and have them come over because it seems like things are really picking up. And so she gets there at maybe like 2.30. <laughs> So it's crazy. She's there at 2.30 and I am literally already downstairs like getting ready to get in the tub because I'm like, this is so intense. But the disappointing part was is that she checked me and I was only five centimeters. And so I was like, what? Like, I feel like I am fully maxed out, ready to go. And I'm only at five. Like, what is going on? Um, Because it felt like I was like literally about to like give birth, you know? Um, and so I was for coping mechanisms. I literally was using every single molecule in my brain to focus on breathing, mainly like focus on breathing, focus on breathing, like, and throughout all the contractions, it's like, I just, cause the way that God designed us, you know, he designed our bodies if there aren't complications, obviously, to just do what it needs to do. Um, sadly, in so many ways, I feel like the medical community has told women that they are incapable of giving birth, that they don't know how to give birth, that birth is kind of like having a broken arm, like it's something to be fixed. When in reality, God designed women to give birth. And I think, um, you know, most women without like barring the complications, like I'm saying, like actual situations where there's a genuine need for a C-section. Um, again, I think there are so many C-sections done that are not needing to be done. Um, there's a great documentary or video film, whatever, called The Business of Being Born. I highly recommend watching that if you're curious at all about birth and labor. Um, so The Business of Being Born is great. Um, also, there is a course called The Pain-Free Birth Course, and it's great if you're learning, uh, wanting to learn um, about like coping mechanisms, how to labor, how to do it all naturally. Um, there's another account. Um, it's like a hypno birthing Christian account though. That's really great. I'll link some of these um, resources below. And then there's a great book, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, something like that. So those are the top recommended resources that I would recommend if you're really wanting to um, understand the beauty and the um, just grow in your ability to give birth and to um, do it naturally and to prepare for that or whatever. So, oh, there is my microphone. Those are the resources I would definitely recommend. Um, but for me, I knew my body was capable because I'd been through it before with Davy. So I was like, I know my body can do this. It's just a matter of mentally getting out of the way so that my body can do what it needs to do. Because every single time when you're giving birth that you tense up, it's basically like you're holding the baby in when the baby is trying to come through the birth canals, trying to go down. So your entire job when you are giving birth is to mentally get out of the way and let your body do what it needs to do. It's like, just breathe, do not tense up and let go. But what you naturally want to do is you want to be like this when you're like, when it feels intense, you want to squint your eyes, you want to clench your body. And that literally delays birth. It prolongs birth. If you stress, it delays everything. And so you have to work 
so hard to mentally get out of the way so that your body can do what it needs to do. And you have to trust your body. You have to trust that God made you capable of this. And you just have to like mentally figure out what you can do to get your brain so focused. And I think that's what makes it doable. I think that's what it doesn't ease the intensity of it and the pressure, but it helps you to go with it and and work with it rather than against it. So I remember even at one point, my forehead was just a little intense and my midwife's like, okay, you know, relax the tension, relax the tension. And so I would just, and I did that through every single contraction because you just have to. And so I just knew like I, the more I work with my body, the faster this is going to go and the sooner I'm going to meet my baby, which is like so exciting. So like I said, my midwife gets there about 2.30 because we called her at 2. She texts me. I'm only a 5, but I'm like, I am about to have this baby. Like, this is so intense. So she calls the other midwives. They, I am already in the tub by the time they get there. So they get there at like 3.15. So remember, all of this started at about 12.30. So water broke 8 a.m. the day before. It's been so many hours. First super big contraction is at 12.30 a.m. on the 23rd. So Christmas Eve Eve or Christmas autumn, whatever you like to call it. And now it is 2.30. So it's been contractions for two hours. Sorry, Audrey keeps hitting the microphone, but she's so sweet. She fell asleep. Um, so it's now 2.30 a.m. And I am in the tub, just like laboring, laboring. My other two midwives get there at 3.15 a.m. And they're so sweet. I just loved them. The other midwife, like the main midwife that was there, she's also, she was on the mission field for a long time. She has literally delivered like thousands of babies herself, seen it all. So it's like between the two main midwives, they just had the most experience. And then my midwife assistant, she's so sweet. She was there for Davy as well. And she is just great. So encouraging, just like cheering me on, but in a way that's real you know, subtle and helpful and just right there for you when you need them, not when you need them. She was the main one, like checking the heart, heart tones and all of that. Everything was looking great. Um, and then it's like probably at like, so they got there at 3.15 and by 3.30, so like 15 minutes later, I had the super strong urge to push. So they barely made it. Um, and so I'm in the tub and um, my biggest concern with this birth was that I didn't have major tearing because I had such horrible tearing with Davy that I was like, I, if anything happens, I just don't want to have tearing. So my midwife, my midwife assistant knew that was my biggest concern. So um, I, you know, wanted to make sure I was in a position that was helpful. But the biggest thing that they encouraged me in was to make sure that when I pushed, that I would push and then hold the baby down. So basically like instead of pushing and then the baby kind of coming back up and then pushing and the baby kind of coming back up, it's like I would have to push and then kind of like hold the baby there. It's kind of confusing if you haven't given birth, but once you go through the process or you're you end up there. You'll know what I mean. Um, And the reason for that is because as you hold the baby in position, it helps stretch everything out along the way. So you push and then you hold, push and then you hold. And so um, I feel, I'm like all of a sudden just like, uh, you know, like make like a big groaning noise because it went from one contraction. It was just a contraction to the next one. Like I've got to push this baby like this, that, you know, uncontrollable urge to push. And so my midwives, the three of them are like, okay, you have your main midwife. She's like hands-on. I had another midwife. She's charting everything. So she's literally charting every single thing that happens, every contraction, every, like she's, basically documenting the entire thing. And then, um, and you know, as baby comes out, they're like all the everything. It's like, they just make sure everything's okay. Everything's marked down. So the assistant was like hands-on with the other midwife and Dave's obviously right there too. So I'm in the tub, everyone's leaning over the tub, like, okay. And so I'm like pushing and then holding it. And they're in between contractions though. I felt like the, the time I had went between the pushing was actually a little bit longer than the time I had in between contractions before this, which was nice because like I would push and hold and then I was able to like get some support and encouragement from my husband and the midwives. And so I was like talking to them like, okay, is this a good position? Like, is, is everything looking good? And they're like, yes, you're doing great. Like, remember, hold it each time. Like, yes, it's pain. You know, it's hard. It's intense. They're stretching, but this is what's going to help you to not have tearing. So they were reminding me of my goal and it was so encouraging and so helpful. And just like, this is what I need. So midwives, all the rest of the midwives get there at like 315. I'm pushing by 330 and um, I was in such a position where I could kind of like see what was happening and I could see Audrey as she was coming out. And that's when we found out that she had boatloads of hair because she was born 
with a very full head of hair. So that was pretty hilarious. So I pushed and I'm holding that ring of fire, that big stretch. But I am like, you know, this is it. Like when you start pushing, that means your baby is going to be there any minute. And that is just the most exciting thing in the world. So I do, you know, the, she was born probably within like 15 minutes of pushing. So I do another push and uh, eventually it's like her head comes out and I'm like, oh my gosh, because the head is like the hardest part. So the head's out and then the next push, her whole body comes out and it was really exciting, but then kind of really scary because she had the cord wrapped around her neck twice and around her waist once. Um, And so, you know, I don't know how long the process was of them getting the cord untangled because it's like my mind, I just started like freaking out. And it's like the whole world just like stopped, you know, and I'm just like, get the cord, get, you know, I'm just like freaking out because I'm like that, you know, it's just so scary as a mom to see your baby with the cord really tightly wound around the neck and the waist. It was just like, <sighs> so um, that happened and they were on it, you know, very quickly got the cord undone got the cord around the waist undone. Audrey was doing great. She didn't do like a big cry, but she was breathing. So my midwife just did some, she put her with me first and then she took her pretty quickly though to do some like, I don't know, whatever they do to get them like breathing more fully, get their lungs cleared out, things like that. So she did that and then gave her back to me. Um, But they were also a little concerned because again, this is birth talk. So if you don't like this, don't skip this stuff. But um, after I pushed her out, the pool, I mean, the pool, the birth tub was pretty bloody. Um, and typically they're not that, like there's not as much blood as there was in mine. And so they were kind of concerned about me as well because they're like, you know, this is not typical. Um, and so um, they wanted me to get out of the tub and kind of like check me and see what was happening to make sure that I was okay and not losing a bunch of blood, whatever the technical terms are. Um, So there was like a few little scares right after she was born between me and Audrey, but everything was just perfectly fine. Like she was perfectly fine. We got her out my chest. She latched right away. It was so beautiful. Um, You know, Dave was so excited. Um, And then they checked me. I had the teeny, teeny, tiniest tear, only one, but that was so small. It didn't even require stitching because it would just heal so beautifully on its own. So it was like, the minorest thing. So I was like, yes, like my work paid off. Like I did it. Like I did, I don't have to go to the hospital. Like I, I didn't have any tearing. Like this is amazing. And of course, if it's anything minor, my midwives can stitch me up. But with debut, it was just so intense that I needed to have surgery. Um, so anyway, it, they think that I basically just had like a big blood clot or something that came out that caused there to have that like, whoa, the pool looks so bloody um, because I was perfectly fine. There were no issues with me then or after. Um, so that was, that was that there was, um, um, you know, they check your placenta to make sure there's no pieces missing, just like all the things. Um, and so we get in bed and it basically was three hours start to finish contraction started at 1230 and she was born at 345 AM. So it was like the three most intense hours of my life. It was so, so intense. And so the midwives are there. They stay there with you. They're, you know, checking baby, doing all the things with baby, checking me, making sure I'm okay. Um, I went and I was able to take a shower, rinse all off, um, get all clean, come back, snuggle baby. We were just all snuggled up. It was so sweet. Dave and me and um, in bed and they they stay for a certain amount of time to make sure that baby is okay and that you're okay. Um, one funny thing is that I was I was not able to pee after um, they were like the the time that you need to be able to pee. Like they can't leave until you pee because your bladder. Because sometimes what can happen is like your body like just like forgets how to go after giving birth and like I don't know everything was just like all moved around in there and so that can cause problems obviously. So they were like you have to be able to pee or we have to basically stick a catheter up there and like empty your bladder. Like you have to be able to empty your bladder or else we have to, we, you know, can't like leave, leave, um, go back to our homes until. And so um, that was the one thing that I was like, I kept trying. <laughs> like I would go in there and sit and I was, they were like 
having me guzzle water, electrolytes, orange juice, like trying to get my body to go. And I just could not. And so they were like, you know, sometimes having people there in the pressure can like, can cause that can be like too much pressure and your body's just like, I don't feel safe. I don't want to go, whatever. So they were like, we're going to go to breakfast and we're going to stay on the clock though. Like we're not going home. We're just going to go just down the street to give you space so that you can mentally get in a place where you feel like you can go to the bathroom. And if it hasn't happened though, within an hour, we're going to have to like do a catheter. And I'm like, that sounds awful. So they leave to give me some space to mentally get in the zone so I could be. And then it was crazy. Like as soon as they left, I was able to go to the bathroom. It's just crazy how our bodies work and how they don't do certain things when they don't feel safe or they don't feel comfortable or they feel stressed. And so I called them and or they called me and I was like, yay. And they were like, woohoo. So then they were officially able to sign off the clock from me and and leave. But they actually come back 24 hours later to check on baby and check on me. So they were going to be back very quickly anyways. So the first night was beautiful, I guess. And then into the morning, Davey woke up and immediately he got to meet baby sister and he is obsessed with her. We call her baby sister all the time. It's like baby sister. So um, he got to meet Audrey and he was so excited and just, you know, he was just in love with her from day one. So this is where the story gets a little bit crazy. Um, the midwives came back and when they were checking Audrey, they were like, okay, this was not here before. And they're like, what is going on? And so her, if you're looking at her, her right leg, her basically her entire foot and leg up into like her little booty and then up her back a little was like all like red and splotchy, like almost looked like it wasn't getting blood flow. And so they're like examining it and checking all the notes because they check her completely at birth and they do a thorough examination, write everything down um, to see, you know, what what the deal is, what's going on. Um, and they hadn't marked anything down. And so they, sorry, my dad's, um, he's texting me like, what's going on? Um, I'm telling him, I don't want to pause the podcast. So we all just text text with me. Um, so they're like, um, they're like, okay, you know, looking at everything, evaluating her and they're like trying to figure out what this could be, like why they're, why her leg is all like red and splotchy and like, you know, so they're checking her heart, checking like everything and everything sounds good. Um, and so after consulting with themselves and with, you know, the other midwives and just like, they basically recommended that we take her to the children's hospital emergency room. And the reasoning for that is because um, there is a specific, I don't know what it is, like some sort of issue that newborns can have where they're, they're it's like very serious though. And their um, the blood flow isn't flowing to certain extremities, I guess. And um, so it could be like not a major issue, but it could be very life-threatening if you don't get it taken care of and it can be taken care of, but you have to go to the hospital. And so I was just like devastated. Like I had to go to the hospital with Davey for me and now we have to go to the hospital for Audrey. And it was like, you know, 24 hours later. So we're still in that super exhausted newborn phase and it just, and it's Christmas Eve now, literally Christmas Eve. And it just felt like such a bummer. So this was an emotional part for me. And when I talk about it more, it makes me cry because it was just like super intense and also kind of scary when you have a newborn and they're like, there might be a big problem with them or it might be fine. So I was just like such a hot mess, so overwhelmed. So I think we drop, like someone comes and gets Davy, and then we get Audrey all ready and we go to the um, a children's hospital emergency room that my midwives had recommended, one that's really great. Um, and they were amazing. It just, you know, it's Christmas Eve. So I guess people weren't wanting to be there. It was like, this was literally like the coldest. I gave birth on like the coldest night. It was like we had this massive freeze too. So the next day it was still freezing. Like you don't want to be out and about with your newborn. So you know, when I'm having still like really pretty intense, like after birth contractions, they, for many people, they progressively get more intense as the more children you have. So I didn't have any with Davy, but with Audrey, I had really intense post birth contractions. Um, and so I was taking stuff to help with them, but it was just like, I just want to be in bed. I don't want to be out and about. And so, you know, we go to the hospital and I'm just like a mess. And they're like, you know, you know, immediately seen with a newborn. So they let, they immediately have us come back. Like we didn't have to wait a single minute. Literally they had us go back. They took her, you know, whatever they do, they'd listen to all the things and do all the things and um, immediately put us in a room to see a doctor. 
And so it's just crazy because this doctor who has been a pediatric doctor for like a million years, he's like looking at her leg and he's like, I, you know, like I've never seen this in all of my years. Like, I am not sure what this is. Okay. I want to take, you know, take blood, get her tested immediately to rule out any major issues like the blood flow issues. So they were checking all her extremities and she seemed to have good blood flow though. Like they can do all that stuff. All the nurses and doctors are going to be like, it's called this. These are the technical terms. I have no idea what the terms are. I'm just telling you as like it processes through my brain what I imagine. Um, and so they, you know, the nurses were all so sweet. Um, the doctors were so kind. And I was just so thankful because one, we had given a home birth. So sometimes um, when you go to a hospital, sometimes you can get a little heck for if they are not a fan of home birth, but they were so kind, so supportive, did not like, were not at all unkind about our homework. They were like, that's great. Like, this is a completely separate issue. So we're talking through everything. You know, we even got on the phone with our midwife. She's explaining, okay, here's what it wasn't. This wasn't present at birth. Here's when it became present. They're wanting to go through every single detail, trying to figure out what is going on with Audrey. And of course, I'm as a mom, like overwhelmed and terrified because I'm like, I just I don't want anything to be wrong with my baby. So um, we're just sitting there. We brought some snacks and like some kombucha and I don't know, like just threw whatever we had, some beef sticks in my purse because we weren't sure how long we were going to be gone. It's Christmas Eve. It's now the evening. It's like, wow, tomorrow's Christmas. And here we are in the hospital. You know, like this is just not really what we expected. Again, not part of the plan. Not part of the plan. <sighs> Trusting God in these moments. Um you can get not part of the plan at girldefined.com. That's our book all about trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And it's knowing truth and having truth in your mind and your heart that is so helpful when you face these moments. So we were overwhelmed, but trusting God and knew that he cared about us, loved us, and that he was guiding us. And we had an incredible doctor. So he, the doctor was amazing because he immediately started like connecting with other doctors who specialized in these things, other pediatricians. So we got on the phone or whatever, like, other doctors in their, you know, hospital group. So he's talking to them, consulting with them. He brought in some other people into the room. They're looking at her. Um, and so they do the blood test, run the test. Um, and they, so we had not given her a vitamin K shot and they, this will be controversial. Um, but you, it's, you know, there's a lot of arguments for or against it, but we decided to go ahead and give it to her at the hospital um, just to rule out any potential problems with that. And our midwife was actually recommending that um, with Davey. He never needed it. It wasn't an issue, um, but with Audrey, I can't think of all the reasons why, but it could help with one of the issues that she might have had if it were that. So we were like, you know, let's do it um, just to rule out that issue. They were super nice about it. They weren't pressuring us. They were like, this is 100% your choice. You don't have to, but we recommend it. Our midwife was like, I recommend it. And so we were like, okay, we'll do it. And I so appreciated that at the hospital too, how they were very um, supportive of the parents' decision. They were never like forcing us to do anything. They were only making recommendations and letting us as parents choose. Um, but obviously, we wanted to get to the root of what was going on. So we were very open and willing to try things to figure it out. So it's hard watching your new little born get their blood drawn. I mean, that is just like the last thing you want to do. Um, and they're tiny little veins, but they had two, they brought in two nurses that were helping with that. And they were both so sweet and so kind um, and definitely flirting with one another. It was a male nurse and a female nurse. And Dave and I were like, they were so flirting like the entire time. <laughs> I don't know if they knew it was so obvious, but it was so obvious. Um, anyway, that was pretty hilarious, but they were really kind. They were letting me nurse her as much as possible when they were doing like the different things to her. And Audrey actually did great. She literally like didn't cry through anything. She was super happy just like nursing. And I was making sure I was like right there with her, cuddling her and all of that. Um, and, and so basically what happened at the end of the day is they, they basically came in and took some video and pictures of her leg to send it to the need Q team. Cause they were like, we can't get to the root of this and we don't want to send you home and something bad to happen. Um, and so we want to keep you in the NICU and figure out what the heck is going on. And we were like, that is such a bummer because it's like Christmas, but we absolutely agree, you know, and everyone feels bad. They're like, this is such a bummer. This is no fun. We're so sorry you're here, but we want to help you. And we're like, yes, agreed. So amazingly enough, though, the one of the other doctors, someone comes in, gets the picture, sends it off to the NICU, and then literally the sweetest ever, 
three doctors, nurses, I don't know who they are, literally come all the way over from the NICU. It's like way on the other side of the hospital. They come all the way over to our emergency room and they were like, you know, it's Christmas Eve. If you don't have to come to the NICU, we don't want you to have to stay there. So we're coming to these parents who are having like serious issues with their babies and we're trying to prevent you from coming to the NICU if all possible so that you can go home and be with your baby. And it was like, that is so sweet. And it was just like you know, when you end up in these situations and you're like, this is so difficult and this is so hard, but you feel like God just directed you to the exact right place at the exact right time to see the exact right like medical team and professionals that you need. And it was just perfect. Like Dave and I were just so grateful. They were all so professional, but so kindhearted and so like sweet and so supportive and so just amazing. So the three doctors or whatever they were from the NICU come in. They're like these three ladies. They're so kind, so sweet. And just like, you know, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, you know, constantly crying because I'm just so worried about Audrey. And they're like, she's going to be okay. You know? So they immediately like, you know, start looking at her leg, looking at her back. And they were immediately like, they just knew like even the multiple doctors who had seen her, our midwife, the nurses, nobody could figure out what was going on because it just looked so strange and it was so extreme. But at the end of the day, what they think that it is, is just a very extreme port wine stain, which is basically just a skin issue. Um, when it comes to the leg, it doesn't impact her blood flow or anything else. Um, it is just a like surface problem. It's basically like a really ginormous birthmark and it can be problematic if it's in on your face or different parts of you, like areas that could impact you. But because of her, her, it was just on her leg. There weren't any concerns. And so they were like, all three of those NICU doctors, 100% agreed. They were like, this is exactly what we think it is. And this is not life-threatening. This is not an issue. It's just, they were like, we've never seen this and it's such an extreme case. So that's why it looks so scary and looks like she's has blood flow restriction, but it's just a poor wine stain. Um, and you can go see a pediatric dermatologist after like get past New Year's, like take, just enjoy time with your family and then schedule an appointment, but she's okay. There's nothing else wrong. She's fine. We recommend not coming to the NICU and just going home because she's going to be okay. We've ruled out all other issues. She's okay. And I was just like, oh, like the biggest breath of fresh air, just so much relief. And, you know, it was just amazing. And it might sound at the end of the day like, wait, why couldn't you tell it was a Port Wine stain? But if you saw it, even today, people still will they will ask about it because it can just look kind of extreme at times. And they're like, is her leg okay? Like, is her circulation cut off? Because it just looks, it kind of looks like she has the circulation to her leg cut off and it, like, it's getting kind of like red and blue, but it's not. It's just like a really big birthmark. And so I was so grateful that nothing was wrong with her. And so Dave and I left very late that night, headed home, and it was basically Christmas when we got home because it was so late and we were just exhausted and hungry. And so Davey, he, I think he stayed, I don't know, with my sister or my mom, someone, he was just poor guy. He had to just kind of be carted all over, but it's just like, we couldn't do anything about it. So I went through, like definitely went through a few, um, just like a few feelings of just feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, I think still it makes me like, it's hard as a parent. You want your kids to just like have everything so perfect and beautiful. And she is beautiful and perfect, but it's like, we live in such a cruel world where people are already like so mean about things. You know, it's like, I don't could care less, but people make fun of stuff on, about me online all the time. If you have an online presence, they do. Like people are constantly talking about her lips are too small. Her face is weird, whatever. It's like, I don't care. But when you have kids, you want to protect them from mean people all the time. And it's like, it's a, it is a very extreme port wine stain. And there's, you know, when it's on your leg there, you know, we've, we saw a dermatologist pediatric and he's like, yeah, when it's in this sort of situation, there's probably even laser treatments. It's aren't, he explained it all, but basically they wouldn't be very effective. He's seen them return, return when it's in this part of the the body. Um, and so he's like, we'll wait about six months and reevaluate and see, but most likely it's just going to be how God made her. He didn't say that, but basically it's how she is. And it'll just be a unique part about her. And so I think it's so sweet. She definitely has a beautiful um, marking and God made her this way. And it's just so precious. But I think the part that's hard is knowing that some people will like probably make fun of her for it one day or just that, you know, like you don't want your kids to have to deal with anything difficult, <laughs> which sounds so dumb. But 
And that part is overwhelming to me. Just like, how can I love her and raise her to be um, a woman that knows where her identity is found and that knows that she is so perfectly made by God and that he designed her to be this way so beautifully Um, that there is nothing wrong with her, but just a unique, this is a unique, beautiful part about her. And my prayer is that she can use this unique part about her to even be such a beautiful reflection of God and just his unique designs and creation and that she will be a woman who finds her complete worth in him. And if ever people do make comments or make fun of her for it, that she will have such confidence in Christ. Um, And so that is my goal that I am going to raise her that way to just know that she truly is a girl defined by God and that he loves her so much. And then, you know, we made her perfectly this way. So it, I don't cover it up, you know, like I put her in little like onesies and little cute outfits where her legs are totally showing because I'm not embarrassed of it or ashamed of it or trying to hide it. I think she's beautiful and perfect. And, you know, people do ask questions about it and that's fine. Um, I just tell them that this is a super special way God made her and that she has a port wine stain all over her leg and up into her back and that it's her just super special, unique part about her. So I wasn't expecting to cry through all that, but it was just more, it's more reflecting on all of the emotions I had, um, taking her to the hospital and just how scary that was. And then, you know, feeling like I don't want my child to have to deal with anything extra. You just want to protect them and take care of them. And so it's just all of that. But she is just the sweetest thing in the world. She's so adorable. She's just so cute and so perfect. And Davy and her love each other. And Davy is such a good big brother for her. And Dave is the best dad in the world for her. She couldn't have a better dad, you know, like he just loves her so much. And I just pray that I can be an example to her, showing her what it means to live as a girl defined by God and live as a woman who knows where identity is found. Um, and, you know, that's what Girl Defined Ministries is all about. And that's my prayer, that I can raise her to understand all of these truths and that she will be a confident woman um, because of her foundation in Christ. So that brings me so much joy knowing that not only will she be able to know where who her designer is, who made her, where her worth is found, but that this is special about her and unique. And that if we were all the same, how boring would that be? Like <laughs> it's the diversity, the unique things about us that just make us so special um, and give us opportunities to glorify God even more. So anyway, all that to say, I am doing great. Postpartum has been way easier physically. I just felt like I've recovered so much quicker. Um, I just feel like I, I've known how to nutritionally take care of myself so much more, just really nourishing my body. Um, I've been able to get pretty good sleep because Audrey is a pretty good sleeper. Um, we're co-sleeping with her right now and it's going great. She just sleeps so well at night uh, and she's just great. Um And I, you know, I'm definitely not done. Like, I definitely hope to have more in the future because it's just the best in the entire world. Um, I just love it so, 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 so much. Um, Yeah, but if you are dealing with anything where you're like, yeah, I you know, you have a unique aspect about you, something unique about the way you look. Um, You were born with something special that God gave you um, physically. I encourage you to read Girl Defined, um, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity, which is the book Kristen and I wrote. You can grab it at girldefined.com slash shop. And it's really helping you understand that you are a girl defined by God. You are made in his image. The one who designed you gets to define you. And he says that you are worthy and beautiful and valuable, not because of who you are, but because who Jesus is and because we are his. We are his adopted into his family as children of God and when we trust in him. And so just remember that. And if you need encouragement in that area, definitely grab a copy of Girl Define. And we have tons of instant downloadable resources at girldefined.com slash shop. Tons of stuff that can help encourage you like right now, right where you are. Um, Audrey is definitely sleeping in this podcast was way longer than I was expecting. And I was not expecting to get all emotional and tearful. But you know, it's, it's such personal stuff. Birth and your children are just so personal. So we're going to wrap it up there. Um, you can definitely head on over to Instagram if you're not there already. Um, Instagram.com slash girl define, leave comments. I'd love to chat with you. And please, if you enjoy this, leave us a five star review. You have no idea how helpful that is. Leave us a comment. Um, just leaving a word of encouragement. We read all those. We check the reviews. They're just such an encouragement. 
And yeah, that is it. I will see y'all again, or you'll hear from me next week.